If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. The day science begins to study non-physical phenomena, it will make more progress in one decade than in all the previous centuries of its existence. Nikola Tesla. Welcome to The Frequency Shifter Show. I'm your host, Corinne Summers, founder of Artisan Pharmacy. In this show, we explore ways to raise the frequency of ourselves, one another, and our planet. We're digging deep into all things metaphysical, from what is frequency, to the power of sound, the Schumann resonance, our DNA, Reiki, the energy of water, and beyond. All to shift our minds and bodies back into alignment with richer states of connection, elevated awareness, and maximum human potential. And we're bringing on the global experts and thought leaders to share their wisdom as they let us pick their brains around all these juicy, mysterious topics. First of all, I don't know who Ricky is and metaphysical, Schumann's Renaissance. What are you? I don't even know. What are you talking about? Wait a minute. I need us to take a step back and calm down. What are we even talking about here? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention, I have a co-host. The universe insisted. What can I say? This is Alex Terranova, founder of Dream Mason. He's sort of a newbie to some of this frequency stuff, and he's going to help keep everything balanced, grounded, and relatable. So this show isn't just for the experts to nerd out on all things metaphysical, but it's an open welcome space for everyone to explore the mysteries of the universe and raise our frequencies together. Welcome to today's episode of The Frequency Shifter Show. My name is Corrine Summers, founder of Artisan Pharmacy, here with my amazing co-host, Alex Terranova, founder of Dream Mason. Alex, how's it going? What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I feel like you, you know, we all, you always ask me something about what's going on. I feel like you should give us a little like... The, your background is so amazing. The, the crystal background, you, you, can, you, can you just like give a shout out to the woman that did it and tell us like what it is? Yes, um, Noelle Arame. Um, she's an incredible, talented artist and energy worker who makes this really cool um, resin art with crystals embedded in it. So this piece in my background is covered in crystal quartz and aquamarine and turquoise and all kinds of other beautiful blue and green and um, clear colored gems. Um, It gives me all the good vibes. And of course, as a Reiki master, and that being one of the key parts of my practice and the techniques and body of wisdom that I share, um, I don't know, I really really like it. I feel like it sets the tone for things. I think it was last year too. You were like out here in California and you were waiting for it. It's been, this is your like your anniversary of this giant crystal. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot about that. I've had it for a year. You're right. It is the anniversary. And there were all these issues. Um, her name is Cleopatra. <laughs> there were always all these issues with Cleo getting delivered. Um, and I was really stressed out, but she arrived in, in perfect, perfect fashion. Um, I actually wanted to ask you, Alex, though, do you remember, I think that was around the same time you gave my favorite definition of what is Reiki, which you compared to the feeling you get when a puppy runs up and licks your face. 
Oh my God. I don't remember this, but that's amazing. Um, I use it a lot. So thank you. <laughs> I get that. Like if you, if a puppy runs up and licks your face and you're not afraid of puppies, right? Like I'm assuming you're not afraid. Yeah. You're like overcome with like giggles and joy and like your energy. It's hard to keep your vibration or energy the same, right? If a cute dog runs up and like wants to kiss you or play with you, it instantly shifts your vibration. Um, yes. That's it. Which is a perfect segue into today's really special guest who I am so excited to introduce, um, Jerry Makutis. She has had a huge impact on my life. She is um, then my, my teacher, my master, Reiki master, who trained me from Reiki level one all the way through my master level Reiki in the tradition of Holy Fire Reiki. Um, she, she's a Karuna, Usui, and Holy Fire three Reiki master. She's also a crystal healer and a yin yoga teacher and really just a phenomenal human has so much incredible knowledge about the subtle energy world. And I'm really excited to have you. Jerry, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for saying all those wonderful words. And Alex, I think that's really funny what you said. I love what you said about like the puppy licking your face with Reiki. I never heard that before, but I like it. I might sneak it into my Reiki descriptions now. <laughs> if you don't mind me dealing it. Awesome. How do, um, so since you, you two are like friends, right? We should just like touch on this. Like, and, and, I, and you shared before, you guys take walks together. I want, can, we, can we get like a little inside scoop on like what happens on these? Because they're probably like, you know, this, the, the walks should probably be a podcast. It should be like magical walks. Um, what's, uh, how did your, like, how did, how did the relationship bloom I'm like also just curious like what you each kind of get from each other, not from like a transactional kind of way, but like how you source each other. I'm going to let you start since I've been talking already. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like because right now we are in a time where we're like mostly social distancing and staying away from each other, not like staying away from each other, but like shifting how... Um, how we have our interactions with each other because like I'm not talking just with me and Corinne but I'm talking about like everyone in my life um that it kind of like you really I'm not really meeting people inside in restaurants and what have you so it's like okay it's like it's nice to um it's nice in Chicago during the summer so let's take a walk in the park and just have some space between each other and um so we've been having like these magic walks like every few weeks um, in Chicago. And it's just that it's just like I feel with um, my and Corey's relationship, it's kind of like an equal relationship that we can just talk about what's going on in our lives that like, okay, I've had this really cruddy thing happen, but oh, I had this really magical like meditation experience or um, something interesting that we found out about spirituality online and which kind of like, um, like we have very, I think we have different ways of looking at things, but we also have a lot of similarities. So it's kind of like a good bouncing back and forth. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great relationship. I mean, obviously, Jerry is um, also my mentor and my teacher since she trained me from the beginning in Reiki. Um, but it's been such a gift to stay friends. And, you know, we all need these people in our lives that are our expanders and help us think 
differently about things or open our eyes and our minds and our hearts to new ways of um, thinking or being, and also just to be there for you. You know, we laugh and we joke about stuff and we tell our, you know, exactly what's going on and we just support each other and we're there for each other. Um, and then we also talk about really weird energy stuff and like the Michael teachings and Jerry <laughs> is like woo woo magic, <laughs> uh, all kinds of different kinds of subtle energy. So Jerry, I would also love if you tell, would you tell us just a little bit about how you got into Reiki and like where your journey started and becoming a master? Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't even know. Like, I feel like that we we only have like a half hour together. I could probably talk about this for two hours. Um, that I have been, and Reiki has been a major part of my life since 2010. I, um, I think I was someone that was always really sensitive to energy. Um, like, and I may not have labeled it as energy, but I was just very aware of the world around me. But I feel that the way that, um, trying to find the right word, the way that um, a society is, like that you have to, like it's kind of like that saying that I've been seeing on Facebook um, in the last couple months, it's like be yourself, but not like that. So, um, so it's like, like it's like be who you are, but it's kind of like that. I'm. I feel like that when I was younger, I was. Um, I had all these like awareness of the world around me, people's emotional states and stuff like that. But I was told what I was sensing wasn't the truth. So I feel like that part of myself really got shut down. That um, that it kind of like that. That it's like what I'm what I'm sensing is not real. So that got shut down. So that kind of like I was always dependent on people outside of me to tell me what my reality is. And that probably applies for a lot of different people, but um so it's like the structure I was coming from. And then I did my yoga teacher training in about two thousand 2007, 2008, 2009. And I was very closed off then. And the training that I took was a very physical. I think it did have a nod to the spirituality, but it was very physical. They didn't talk about energy, but I started having experiences during my yoga teacher training that I knew was a result. Um, my yoga practice, like coming into the subtler awareness, but it wasn't, my teacher's couldn't, didn't have the language. I didn't have the language to talk about it with anyone. I have, I, felt, I used to be an engineer. So I have a lot of friends that, um, that are not in this world at all. And I was telling one of them, a really good friend, that these experiences I had. And she said, oh, you took acid. And I'm like, no, I didn't take acid. And she's like, oh, you took acid. You're totally describing an acid trip. And she refused, like in her very skeptical, um, like very scientific background that she, I think now she believes it wasn't acid, but that was like 17 years, 17, no, 13 years ago, I'm sorry. And, um, but it was just like stepping into those subtler um, awareness. And it was really cool, but it was really scary. And I wanted a safe way to explore this realm. And Reiki kept coming across my radar as a safe way to explore it. And um, I took, this was 2010. And um, this was back, I feel like things are not as... Um, 
as open as they are now. So um, now it's like I go to a party and somebody, I tell them I teach Reiki and someone's like, oh, my mom does Reiki or my best friend does Reiki. So it's very, very, like it's very well known now in my experience. But back then, nobody did it. No one knew about it. Yoga studios didn't have anything about it. So I wanted to go to someone that I trusted. And this guy came across, it was a friend of a friend that he was a shaman and Reiki was one of the modalities that he did. And he, um, so like when I had my first session with him, it just completely transformed my life. That was the summer of 2010. I just remember stepping out onto the street. I could see more, like my peripheral vision got wider. I felt taller. Um, people were walking up to me and starting talking to me on the street. Like they were smiling at me and I'm like, I'm not smiling. What are they reacting to? And then that's when I um, started realizing that um, my auric field was changing the space around me and people were reacting to that. Um, I think we all see, um, see, see that, but, um, like we see auras, we see people energy body, but you don't perceive it as that. So people were saying, oh, you got your hair cut. Are you wearing new makeup? Did you lose weight? And I'd be like, no, but I think they, but it's like, we see, we see things that we may not realize. So um, that's the start of my Vicky journey back in 2010. I love that, that idea when people see things, I, um, people see things and sometimes they can't explain them right. They'll be like, oh my God, you look amazing. And you've, like, we've changed something and not like about the way we're thinking or the way we're showing up. We, we don't look, maybe we look different, maybe we don't. But the, the, I love that, that idea of like the energy we put off as people receive us in a different way. Um, I'd love to kind of hear from both of you actually on this, because I bet there's people listening that are like, I've heard of Reiki, but I don't really know, you know, like what it is and like, what does it mean? Um, and I'm sure, again, this is like a huge, right? This is a huge, but like from a, from a really simple, somebody who's hearing about it for the first time, like how would you describe it to them? And what would you tell them like the impact that it could have? Okay. I didn't know who you're talking about. Go, um, go, go take it, Jerry. Yeah. Um, it, I tell, I try to meet people where they're at. So, um, so I, like, since I said I come from like a very scientific background that I know that if I talk about energy, people, it's not, some people are not going to buy it. So I explain it um, initially that when, because most people have had a massage, that is very similar to the feeling of getting a massage without actually being touched. I also say that is a meditation technique or a relaxation technique um, because it is accessing, I feel like it's accessing those relaxed states of consciousness that, um, that help us. But if you want the technical term of what Reiki is, Reiki is a Japanese word that translates to um, universal life force energy. Um, the tradition that um, I am in is in the Asui Holy Fire Three tradition, and it came like Asui uh, Asui Sensei was a man in 1922 that um, he had a he was going through an existentialist crisis. He had a moment of enlightenment where he was basically a download of the Reiki energy. He stubbed his toe. He didn't know what it was. He stubbed his toe. He instinctively put his hands on his feet, and he felt this heal. He realized with the hands on healing modality. There's a a lot more that within that, but um, when Asui discovered his style of Reiki, there were already other four styles of Reiki in Japan. But through um, 
the changing times and some very sad times with like World War II. There are Japanese, like the, the negative views of Japanese people after World War II in the West. Um, something got lost, but we're bringing it back in with the acknowledgement of where it came from. So that's like the technical, exactly what Reiki is, like from a dictionary. So it's so perfect. And I'm remembering like Karate Kid from when I was a little kid and he like... Basically, he does. I mean, it's it's a movie, right? But he, when you say it, I was like, oh my god, that's like he rubs his hands together and he like puts like good energy on a wound and like gives it and like heals it essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was Japanese, so it, like I didn't realize. I love that you said that too because I didn't realize where it came from. I had no idea. Yeah, and I think even if we can't you know, there's definitely an element of Reiki that deals with the unknown, right? And something that we can't quite measure. And we talk about this a lot on this show, these subtle energies and things that we can feel and sense, but we don't always have, you know, it requires this element of trust almost and just belief in the unseen and trusting in your, you know, that what you're feeling is experiencing is real, um, even when we can't, you know, measure every single thing scientifically. I always find it interesting too, when people like you, Jerry, who you actually, you know, you come from a very rigid scientific background and then bridge that gap into the spirituality. It's, it's pretty cool. And you work with other, you work with other subtle energies like crystals. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Or even your, your understanding of subtle energy? I know it goes beyond like prana and reiki and yeah, um, that kind of reminds me of when I first started um, getting into Reiki. So I, this was like back in 2010, 2011, maybe 2012, that um, my parents were still alive. My dad was a math teacher. He studied engineering. So I had that, I think like maybe I inherited it or um, it was like surrounded by it. And I gave him Reiki twice in his life. And both times he swore I had icy hat in my hands, which I didn't have, but it was like, he had this awareness, this perception, but it didn't fit in with like his perception or his structure of the world. Um, What I think about all these energies that um, we talk about, whether it's crystals or Reiki or what you feel like in meditation or other energy modalities, I think these are things that are part of our reality, but it is in such a, either in a very, very subtle way that um, you can't sense it until um, you direct your attention there or, and we also live in a very loud society that um, like the, the train, I live in Chicago. So Chicago, I feel like is probably the, one of the loudest cities I've ever been in. Like you go into a restaurant, the, the, um, the volume is turned up really high. So there's like a lot of external stimuli. Also what we put into our bodies, like caffeine, like hyper, makes us hyper aware, but it does not make us aware of the more subtler things. I'm not saying don't drink coffee or like that, but that's just part of um, how our reality is. And um, so it's just kind of beginning to notice, like, I feel like Reiki and all these things are part of the, our world that we live in. And we're just not conditioned to looking in that way. Because I teach Reiki classes about once a month, and they're beginner classes for people. Like anybody could come to them. Like there's no like prerequisite for it. And 
it's the really fun, but it's also like because you're showing people you can. It's not like, oh, somebody's doing Reiki. You can access this yourself. Like, I feel like anybody can do Reiki. So. That's a, I love that you put that in like right at the end that anyone can do Reiki. Because that was the thing I was thinking is we can all kind of go to yoga. We can all go on runs. We can all meditate. But Reiki for me has always seemed like something that like, I go, like it's like going to a chiropractor or like something that somebody's going to do. If, if somebody's listening to this going, oh, I, I don't really want to be a Reiki practitioner like for other people, what would be the purpose of them wanting to learn it for them just for themselves? Yeah, that's a great um, question. I feel like Reiki is for everyone. It's like we have, I think we live in a society that is very doing, that you have to do something, you have to, why are you doing something? Like, why are you exploring this? What are you going to get out of it? And um, what, because so I think Reiki is portrayed as it's this healing modality that you can incorporate with other like yoga, massage, that you like you're going to do something with it. But um, what I my my journey with Reiki has been that it is a way of accessing your true self. What it does that is that it it um it gets rid of all these layers that we put on these masks that we wear. These um, it makes you more authentic. I know that's a very broad way that I am describing it, um, but it it makes you it just pulls all these things away that prevents you from like what is really in your heart what is really in your true self and it's kind of like a speedy way of accessing this I think people can access these higher states of self-confidence and self-awareness and other modalities or spontaneously but Reiki has I feel like the very um kind of like a clear, like a fast track to it, a very safe way to get there and a, a, a fast track to do it. So, so Jerry, um, I know we're both big fans of crystals in our own lives and our own, you know, rituals and all of that, but you've actually done a lot of studying on ways to use crystals and different techniques to use with your students and your business and your practice, um, and have been doing a lot of really cool layouts for people and different types of crystal healing and meditations. Um, would you mind sharing just a little bit about all of that good stuff? Oh, sure. Great. Um, yeah, like I started getting into crystals right right as I started studying Reiki back in 2010. Um, because there is a technique that we go over in level two that um, use crystals for distant healing. And so that was like my introduction to crystals. Um, crystals are the way that I look at crystals is that they are part of the natural world. What um, I think is I, I keep talking about our society that I feel like the way our society is now that it, it, takes us away from everything that is in the natural world. I think that's kind of ironic that I say that because I live in the, in the middle of Chicago, downtown. I live in a high rise that's like um, 34 floors off the ground. So it's like in some ways, I am, like it seems like I'm very, very detached from the natural world and the natural rhythm of things. And I was in Creston, Colorado about three years ago and like if you don't know Crestone, Colorado is like this little hippie town in the middle of nowhere like in like so Colorado is like no like ranchers and like these like 
hardworking people and in Crestone, it's like this little hippie town that they have this one dirt road that's with like 30 different religious centers and temples and meditation centers along with a lot of like spiritual energy there. But the guy that I met there, um, I stayed at his Airbnb. He told me, it didn't make sense to me at the time, but he told me that my purpose on earth is the show people how to be in the natural world or be in nature and that made absolutely no sense to me because it's like I want to be that but I know I don't feel like I have it and um so how that relates to crystals is that in my work with crystals I'm realizing that crystals are crystals are amazing like they have been born by the earth over millions and millions of years and now that we're using them the way that they are structured and very um like it's it, they're structured in a mathematical sort of way, like a crystal, a clear crystal quartz always has six sides to it. Um, that is like that they have these elements and these vibrations that make the subtle world real to us. Um, and so I feel like in my life, I try to bring on um, the natural world. Um, as I mentioned that, I feel like it seems like on the outside, I'm so detached from that. But where I live, I can see, um, I never thought I would have nature in my life the way that I have it. Um, because like, with having such a living so high up, I can see the pattern of the sun through the year, like where it's that I can see it it's like all the way to the north um, for the summer solstice. And now we're approaching the winter solstice that is all the way to the south. Um, I get butterflies up here during the summer. Um, and so being part of the natural world is very important to me, to remembering that, helping people realize that they are part of nature themselves and crystals amplify and reconnect that energy with us. Um, I probably didn't own a crystal, I don't know, until a couple of years ago. And now I have one around my neck. Um, and I get wonderful gift packages sent to me of crystals um, <laughs> by, by dear friends across the country. <laughs> um, but I think I'm curious about is like, I have them, you know, I think they look, they look, I like them as like decorative, like on shelves, they give like a nice different feel to like the space that I live in. Um, we've had people where we talked about how they absorb energy, like energies that we don't want our bodies to be absorbing. I've had an experience where I walked into a crystal store, touched a bunch of things, walked out and felt like the life was sucked out of me. And it was like a very weird experience. It's like nothing. I went in, I was fine. I walked out and it was like life force gone. For people that are new to a conversation about crystals, they see them. What do, what's like an introductory way? Like, do we want to just get them and put them on shelves? Do we want to get them and hold them? Like, how can people start kind of introducing crystals into their lives? Yeah, um, I tell people that, um, like, if you just get a little tiny, um, like a little palm stone or a little tumble stone that you walk into a crystal store, I'm actually seeing them being sold in non non 
traditional ways. Like I was just at an art store over the weekend and they had like this little display of crystals that they were like 250. So I feel like they're becoming more and more, um, more mainstream. And so I, my suggestion would be to, if like you're very, very starting out, have no idea what you're doing, go to some place like that, maybe go to like art stores, not like a, like a, um, but like some store like that. They just have them sitting there and just go to whatever you are drawn to, whether it is like you're looking at it visually or um, somebody told you that you should get this type of crystal or just like, because I feel like our intuition works with us, our inner knowingness and our inner awareness works with us. It's not something that we perceive as outside of us, because if you just like something, that's probably your intuition guiding you. And um, so just get that just have it in your pocket, maybe put it on like a shelf and just, just, just be with it. Um, if people are looking for crystals, like recommendation, I highly recommend rose quartz. Um, different crystals have different like purposes or ways of working in the world. I don't like using the word purpose because that's kind of like a, a user, um, a user, like consumerist way of looking at it but um but what they have to offer how they work in the world and rose quartz is a pink stone um i have one right here if you can that it's like you can this one is like rough but it's kind of like um a soft pink mm-hmm. and why i suggest rose quartz is that it is very loving it's very peaceful it has the realm of unconditional love, unconditional acceptance. And um, you really can't, like some crystal can have like a more stronger energy. Like what you mentioned that you walked into a crystal store and you kind of felt the energy being sucked out of you. So that could have, I don't know what was happening there, but um, because I wasn't there, but it could just be that you might've been around crystals that were a little bit higher frequency before you were ready to be in that energy with it. So rose quartz, feel like you can't do harm with it. That's how I feel as Reiki. You can't do harm with it. Just I like the smooth, gentle, easy way of doing things. Yeah, it was definitely, it was interesting because I, t- I like went around, I was like just, I was with my cousin and I was just touching things and she shared with me after. She's like, you know, you don't know who came in this store before you and who touched things before you, which was kind of creepy, like, <laughs> like to think about it that way. And that's not how she meant it, but she was like, hey, these stone, like they, they hold energy, they give energy, they take energy that we don't need from us. And it just impacted you in this way. And maybe it was exactly what I needed because I went home that day and went right to sleep. And so maybe it was the thing, right, that I needed. Like I needed some sleep from that. Like I needed to let go of some energy to sleep in a certain way. Uh, But it definitely changed my perception. When I go into crystal stores now, I'm not, I don't touch everything. I might touch something, but not everything. Um, But I also agree with you. You know, when I'm walking around, I have like some random things on the shelves behind me, but I do follow like what I'm drawn to. And I, I also feel like, it's, um, I, I agree with you. Your intuition is telling you something like, what are you drawn to? I've also done a really fun thing with a friend where we both went in and we picked, looked for something for each other. And it Aww. was like, what does your intuition tell you the other person needs? Uh, I love that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. That was, that was a really fun experience. Cause you got to look right at it from a different perspective. Like what, what do they, what do they need that I can see that they can't see? 
Yeah, like how you can see, how do you see people, how do you see yourself through other people's eyes? Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, So Jerry, I know we're getting close on our time. And one last thing I kind of wanted to just touch on, Um, you know, I know both you and I have gone through a lot of trauma and intense challenge, health issues. Uh, You know, we've been through a lot of really tough things in life that sort of brought us on this journey or on this path to healing and to seeking out these other ways of being. Um, You know, for me personally, I know that it was my trauma and my hardships that pushed me on the path of learning how to truly love myself and then being able to extend um, my my gifts and and my work to others. Um, Is there anything that you want to share around that or would say as advice to others who might be in a similar like challenging point on their journey, um, what what advice would you give them, or and how could Reiki and these other you know spiritual elements help them where they are now? Yeah, um, a lot of like trauma, and I think a lot of like what we go through in the world, like like not the lack of connection, and um, that that it's like a lack of connection. My, I find, what I have found with Reiki is that Reiki makes your life so wonderful and magical, but it, but it doesn't make things, doesn't make your problems go away. It gives you the tools to, and the inner, the, that inner knowingness, that inner, um, that you can navigate these storms. Um, and like why I bring that up was that both of my parents have passed away in the last couple of years. And I really feel that my connection to Reiki has allowed me to have like, not just a sense of acceptance, but just a, an awareness that because death and illness is a, it's, it's part of our lives. It's just like, it's going to happen to us. Um, if we're lucky enough that we're going to live long enough that someone that we're close to is going to pass away or um, like not to be getting heavy, but that is just part of our reality. And what Reiki gave me was this deeper awareness that is something beyond what we perceive this world, this physical world. And it really, because um, like things were really rough during that, that year because my dad passed away and then my mom was diagnosed with cancer like two months later. And then she died 11 months after my dad did. And this was also around the time that I really started getting into Holy Fire Reiki. And I just really feel all of that tied in together about like divine purpose planning guidance in the sense that um I mean I feel like my life is getting more and more magical because I am more connected and helping people other people be part of the connection because we're not alone and Reiki is helping me realizing that subtler aspects that we're all connected. It's not like these magical things I do with Reiki and crystals, but they are a mo- like a means of transportation to having that be recognized. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I completely agree with that and what you were saying earlier about the connection that it gives us back to nature and to to the earth, to those, the more natural world. Um, as you said, it's something that we're, we're losing and becoming more and more disconnected from uh, in society. 
And especially, you know, in the days of 2020, we spend all of our time online. So I guess I would encourage, you know, others to think about what ways you're intentionally creating connection in your own life with that natural world, with those subtle energies. Are you setting intentions or opening yourself up to the, um, the possibility of, of connecting there? Um, Alex, do you have anything else for Jerry before we start to wrap, wrap up the show? I feel like we could go all day, but. We could dive into all of this for so much longer. I think like this was a great, um, I think there's some really cool things here for people that are new to this conversation that can actually just open the door and like they can go check out, like kind of give them some safe places to go look at whether it be crystals or Reiki some background and whatnot. So yeah, no, I don't have anything else that I need that I'm pressed to ask, but thank you, Jerry, for everything that you've already brought. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. And, um, so this is the part of the show at the end as we start to wrap up, we, um, also do our Bodhi bonus where we give away a discount or a guide, some other, something else from our guest um, that allows uh, all of you listeners to go further explore this area of learning, this area of energy and frequency in your own life. And Jerry has offered a 20% off discount code for all of her online events. Um, so make sure you check out the show notes below for the link to all of Jerry's um, sites and um, her, her um, upcoming events on Eventbrite that you can get 20% off with the code frequency20. So definitely check that out below. And then Jerry, where would you like people to connect with you? Could you just tell us um, anything else you want to share about what you do, how people can work with you, and where they can come find you to connect with you and find your upcoming Reiki trainings and meditations and programs and all of that? Yeah, um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Jerry on the Mat on Facebook. That is um, my thing. I also have an Instagram. It's Jerry Lynn, but the E is a three. And um, my website is jerrymacudas.com. And I teach Reiki classes pretty much every month. Um, it's like an introduction into energy. I, I'm starting to teach crystal classes about once a month as well. I am teaching a, uh, a chakra class that has been pretty popular. So it's like you get a little, I send you a chakra set of crystals that is for you. So you have something that like, you're not going into crystal store, like what do I pick? But it's more of like, you can do that. You can do that before and after the class, but it's like a little thing that you can have um, to good starting point off with. And I share what I know and. Um, awesome. Great. Well, everyone make sure you check out the links below to connect with Jerry and check out her upcoming programs. Thanks again for being here with us. And thank you again so much, Jerry, for all of the wisdom and stories you shared, the knowledge you shared. We so appreciate you being here. And we'll see everyone again sometime soon in another episode of The Frequency Shifter Show. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Frequency Shifters. We really hope that you got some value, you learned something, and that there's something from this episode that you can take away and use in your life. 
Who are you thinking of right now that needs to hear this episode? Please share it with them. Share this on social media, subscribe and like and leave a comment. And please, if you have a comment or an idea or something that you want us to talk about or investigate, leave it online and we will go into those and bring you that information. Please like, share and subscribe and we will see you next time.